constantly turn corners looking to see like, well, is he there? You know? Yeah. <laughs> is, is he around this corner? Is yeah. he over here? And there's still things like his cell phone was still charged from the day before. Hi. My name's Daniel, and this is another episode of The Death of My Podcast, where I talk to um, this gentleman by the name of Jamie Nelson, who not only has been my mentor, my friend, my the person that married Amber and I, he's, he's been kind of every hat in my life, and um, he's been there with me since the moment my dad died, him and my mom went down to the hospital together, so he's been a very solid person in my life um, and recently his father just died and we take a little bit of time to just talk about the the death of fathers and and kind of like his story and and his dad's story and I hope you feel uh, encouraged listening to it and I hope you can take away something out of it um, I really appreciate you taking the time to listen bye Hi, it's your dad. Just calling to say hi. Check in up and see how you're doing. I hope all is well. Everything's pretty much the same here. I'm doing okay. I love you. Hi. Hi, Daniel. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing okay. Yeah. Yeah. How are you? I'm okay. I think, um, just a little tired. This is all so weird. Everything's just a little weird. It's super weird, and it's also raining outside. Just, and it's supposed to all week. And it's supposed to every day this week. Yeah. Yeah. Just doesn't help. And then it, on the news, it says, like, this is supposed to be the worst week. Right, for the curve or whatever. I hope I hope so. I mean I hope it's the worst and it doesn't get like any any worse than right. what'll happen this week. That's my hope. But I don't know. Yeah. And that's the worst part of it is not knowing. Yeah. It's a little scary. So who are you? How would you describe yourself? Um my name's Jamie. Uh and how I would I describe myself? Um I am, uh, the way I normally describe myself is I'm a follower of Jesus, so there's this faith, Christian faith aspect to me uh, that's a big a big part of who I am. I'm also a husband to my wife, Sarah, and a father to my two kids, and, um, and then at that point, I start to talk about my job usually, so I work at a church, and I do what's called student uh, student ministry, so it's like working with kids, um, mostly high school people, but also middle school people and some college people too. So that's what I do. Um, the friends that I have uh, usually don't describe me. So people, I say, hey, how would your friends describe you? And I'm like, I, I don't really know how they describe me. <laughs> um, I like to fix things. So whether it's like cars or... Uh, you know, stuff that's broken around the house or my hobby right now has been fixing coffee machines when they mm. break, which is a weird <laughs> hobby to have. So it means I drink a lot of coffee. Yeah. I'm currently drinking coffee right now. Oh, so right. yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Um, what else about me? Um, I like people. 
Hmm. Uh, but I also don't mind being by myself. Best of both worlds. Kind of, yeah. There's probably a worse of both worlds side of that, too. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so that's me. That's me in a nutshell. Who died? So my dad died in January. It was January 20th, which is Martin Luther King Day. He died, and he had been sick for a year, a little over a year, with pancreatic and liver cancer. Mm. Um, and he passed away in Illinois, and I, I'm out here in San Diego area. So he died, and I wasn't there. I was here when he passed, and um, I actually flew out the next day. I was planning to go out the next day mm. when he died with my whole family. So all, all four of us hopped on a plane. Yeah. Yeah. And how did you find out? I got a phone call. So I was um, sitting on the couch. It was a Monday morning. And my um, my wife kind of came running in. Like she, she was going kind of fast. And I could tell. Like as soon as I saw her, I knew what had happened. Mm-hmm. You just immediately I just, I immediately knew. knew. Yeah. I immediately knew. I could just tell. Did you feel like a gut drop? Or... Yeah, a little bit of a gut drop. Um, I think there's just kind of like instant tears. They're just, boom, they're just there. Yeah. Like, what just happened? Yeah. Um, and then my mom was on the phone, and she was uh, crying and trying to talk at the same time. And she said, I've been trying to get a hold of you, and I, my phone had been on mute. Right. Um, and so I, I guess he had passed probably an hour, maybe about an hour before uh, maybe a half hour or something like that. And she got a hold of me and, and just said, you know, your your dad your dad died this morning. He died. And um then she asked me to pray, which was really weird. So real quick, um I asked her just a couple questions. I was like, So are you you know, who's there? Right. And my brother lives close. So I, I asked, you know, did is he out? Is he on his way? And she said, Yes, he's on his way. And um and then I just tried to make sure that she was in kind of like a safe space. Sure. And there were people there uh, who were there to help her. And then um, I prayed over the phone a little bit. And right as I was praying, my brother had walked into the room. Hmm. Um, and he had come in. And he uh, said something to me on the phone. I don't remember what. And then he... Um, I just said, I said, all right, uh, you know, call me in a, in a bit because there really was nothing else to say at that point. And he was trying to get his bearings on what was happening in the house. Yeah. And I got up and I went into my room just by myself. And then the next thing I remember is I could hear my kids crying. Oh, because like my wife told, told them because the kids automatically knew like something had gone on. Right. They knew that we were getting on a plane to go see my dad. And uh, they knew that. He was sick, and they knew that he didn't have a whole lot of time. At least, I think they kind of knew that. Yeah. It's hard always to tell what the kids really know. Older one, maybe a bit more. Yeah, the, the younger one kind of got an idea, and then he, in fact, you know, it's interesting when um, maybe it was a year before. I think it was a year before my kids knew that my dad was sick, hmm. but they didn't know what that meant. They just thought, oh, well, go to a doctor, you get better. Take some right. medicine, you get better. Right. And I had to tell them, I remember we were at the, the dinner table sitting down. I said, no, this is this is the kind of sickness that people get, and most people who get it don't get better. 
Mm. Uh, most people who get it are going to die. And Oliver just looked at me, my youngest, and his face just like, he went from just kind of like looking to like this instant frown, and he just lost it, just started crying. Um, because he realized like, oh yeah, this is like the way that this goes. But he was equating it, this is kind of interesting, he was equating it to the loss of a dog. Because hmm. he had, one of my uncle's dogs had passed away, and he really liked that dog, and so he had grieved over the loss of the dog, right. and so he c- was able to kind of you know put it together. Yeah. This is how this would go. That's why it's nice growing up with animals because your kids can watch them die, and it's it, yeah a, like a stepping stone kind of. It kind of is. In fact, my my mom and my sister uh, they had a little uh, corgi dog. Hmm. And that dog died maybe five years ago. Mm-hmm. And it was traumatic for the family. Oh, sure. And the dog died at home. It was like on a weekend. They couldn't get into a vet. They weren't sure like how it was all going. Yeah. And so the dog finally just like passed, I think it was early in the morning or, or late at night. It was a kind of a, a strange time. And so the, the three of them just kind of sat there with the dog. And it was like this grieving moment. And to be honest, my dad kind of went the same way. You know, yeah. he passed and it was in the middle of the night. There was no doctors or yeah. nurses or anyone else at home. At home. It's actually early in the morning, but um, for them, they had kind of been up all night with him. So yeah, he passed away in the morning and they just kind of sat there with him even afterwards. You know, mm. it was a, a really traumatic time for all, for my sister and for my mom and my brother too. Uh, but like you said, the animal thing kind of gave them a little bit of a, an easier path to navigate because yeah. you kind of can channel those same feelings, right, you know, right, right. A, a little bit, and yeah. and realize like, hey, this is this is gonna this is gonna hurt. But yeah. obviously for them, it hurt, uh, you know, significantly more and, and deeper because you know they had kind of a pretty pretty great relationship with my dad. Yeah, how long were for they long married? Time. My mom and dad have been married for 48 years. How crazy. Yeah. They didn't quite make it to 50. Yeah. I thought they might make it to 50, but they didn't quite do it. That's, no, that's sad. It's a lot of years. I mean, I'm I'm 40, and I can't imagine, you know, like my whole life plus eight years yeah. uh, being married. So the thing that gives me perspective, my parents got married when they were like 20. Yeah. So Children. Yeah, totally children. <laughs> totally children. Um. So... Sarah told you you talked to your mom. You went yeah. into the room. Yeah. What do you remember? What you were feeling? What your body was doing? What you were thinking? What? Yeah, I mean, just just like it was. I think the way I described it is like I felt like I had an instant cold just mm-hmm. because of all the like stuff in your face. Yeah. Like, crying just kind of it was like it was like immediately. Um. So it was just sort of these constant waves of weeping, of crying, physical. I mean, physically it does feel, like you said, like you get punched. Yeah. feels like there's, you know, an elephant stepping on your chest, sort of. You know, it just, for me, it felt that way. And then there's kind of a helplessness of like, well, what do I do? Mm -hmm. And you just nothing you can do. Yeah. So, uh, you know, feeling all of that. And then... um, the one thing I do remember is I, I wanted to be comforting to my kids because they were also grieving. My yeah. wife is also grieving yeah. and trying to navigate that. But I just, I couldn't. It yeah. was just me. I just had to be, do my, you know, do my thing. Yeah. 
grieve in that moment and then figure out, you know, kind of after that moment, what was next? Yeah. One thing that I can't relate to, I can't understand is like, like when I found out my dad died, I just, the thought of even having to try to take care of anyone else other than myself, there's no way there's nothing in you that can actually get you to, you know I mean? Think about others at that moment and that's totally normal and okay. And you're allowed to feel what you feel. And, um, you eventually got around with your kids and yeah. Uh, Yeah. Eventually you get to it. You know, I remember there was, it's interesting. There's just like weeping in my house for, I don't know how long my kids probably cried straight for an hour and a half without stopping. Like no, like just and loud and like just, especially my older one, he really, Mm. really got into it. And you know, for them it was a big deal because they, they prayed every day day at dinner they have like a routine of prayer sure uh before we eat they'll say a little prayer and most of the time i make them do it i don't do it and mm-hmm. so they usually pray for um these two kids hazel and allison who are in el salvador who we we sponsor hmm. uh, you know send some money down i've, I've visited down there uh, them like three times and so my kids kind of know what they look like mm-hmm. and and so we pray for them at dinner and then we would pray for my dad and yeah. so the habit of prayer had been praying that it gets better. Yeah. And, um, I think I did tell my kids at one point, like, I I just, I don't think he's going to get better. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I don't think that's, that's in the cards. I don't think that's what's happening. And I don't sense that that's what's going to happen. So they, um, I think it hit them harder. The shock of it hit them harder. Yeah. Maybe not quite the depth at least, you know, I'm still having a considerable amount of depth of, of grief and pain. And for me, you know, I, and that's the, that's the thing too, right? For everyone, it's different. Right. The way everyone deals with it, it's like their, it's like their own journey, their own path, their own amount of emotional expression or not, you know, some people kind of just bottle everything up and, you know, I'm not one to, to judge that if that's mm-hmm. how they're dealing with it that's how they're dealing with it yeah. you know like yeah. um i don't want to to put that on anyone because it's their journey right yeah but my kids um you know my at least the way my journey kind of went in all of that is it was probably a week and a half two weeks before i felt like i came out of the real significant waves of grief mm like the physiological, like feeling like you said, you get punched in the gut or getting, you know, sucker punched or Mm -hmm. kicked or whatever. It probably was a good uh, seven, eight days, maybe a little bit longer. Mm. And there was kind of a a moment um, when I felt like I I got out of it. Yeah. Um, And it was weird. And I I remember that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was like a real feeling. It was was interesting. My... A good friend of mine, I've been friends with him since high school. Mm-hmm. He called me. Uh, it was a Sunday night. He called me. He's like, hey, you know, like the typical question, right? How are you doing? Mm. How do you answer that, yeah. right? You know, you uh, get, it's yeah. the worst time in my entire <laughs> life. <laughs> right. There's nothing around. Yeah. I'm as bad as I've ever been. <laughs> this is the worst. Um, this is terrible. Mm-hmm. And he called and he said, how are you doing? And then he said, he said, I wanted to call you. I've been wanting to call you ever since I heard your dad passed. Yeah. Um, 
and I was afraid to because I don't want to say stupid stuff like I just said. Yeah. Like he's like, I just don't want to be the guy who says stupid stuff. I want to help. I don't know what to do. Right. You know, and he's like, but I'm just calling. And so I told him, I said, you're you're doing fine. Like, thanks. Like you calling is really helpful. Yeah, definitely. And then he was remembering uh, my dad and my he had known my dad. He'd been over to our house, that kind Mm -hmm. of thing. And he started crying. And he was he was feeling the emotion and the empathy, you know, it was all, and I could hear it on the phone, and it was coming through, and so I just, in that moment, to me, that was the most comforting thing almost anyone could do. Yeah. He was feeling the pain with me. Yeah. And as soon as that happened, I realized, um, you know, it was strengthening for me, and mm. I didn't, um, I knew something had kind of shifted where... Um, I felt support. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't feel like I had to cry or break down in that moment. It would have been okay if I did, you know, yeah. totally would have been fine, but mm-hmm. I, I didn't have to. And I don't, I don't know if I necessarily needed to or wanted to either, but um, I didn't have to. And it was okay for me to be who I was in that moment with my friend. And yeah. at that point, for me, that was a big kind of you know change shift. In the, yeah, 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 definitely a shift. Yeah, I guess maybe you could call it a fork in the road, or even mm. just kind of a, a, a turn um, that I got through. And that was good. That was, I mean, it actually, it felt good. I, I felt empowering yeah. in some ways. So I mean, I love it because I've heard yeah, that before, and yeah. that that is your. That is a peak in this whole thing. That was one major thing that happened to you that you'll remember for for the rest of your life. Yeah. And now that I told it, I'll remember it even more. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. How did the funeral process go? Or you yeah. you guys flew out the next day, Yeah, four of you, and then what happened next? Yeah, it was a real weird deal. So um, we flew out, and we originally had bought our tickets and everything mm-hmm. in order to get basically i talked to my dad and i said dad before he passed um i want you know do you want to see your grandkids one more time yeah because he hadn't seen them since the summer and at first he's like don't do that it's too much hassle it's like you know i'm sick i'm laying around i'm not doing anything i don't feel well like just don't and i'm like okay that's fine you know and my brother had even advised he said you don't really want to bring the kids out because you know it's going to be hard for them it's going to be hard for dad because he you know he'll be he'll want to run around with him and he can't and all that kind of a thing so um i just decided not to but uh the week before i talked to him and i said dad you know do you really want this and he said you know i I think i actually would you do want to see him yeah he said he did he's like i think i really would like that i'm like all right well then i'm going to make it happen and so I just felt a sense of like, I got to make this happen sooner than later, yeah. you know, just buy the tickets, make it happen. So we did, we bought the tickets, made it happen. Um, and he passed quicker than, than they kind of expected. And so mm. at least in terms of kind of the short term window. Sure. Uh, so when he, he passed away, you know, we had tickets. Our original mission was to, to just go see him. It's kind of like, go see grandpa for, we didn't, we didn't want to say for the last time, but that was really the intention. Right. Um, and then the mission changed immediately. Mm-hmm. And so the mission for the family was let's go comfort grandma, grandma. Yeah. and sister and brother and all the family and all the people who, who want to help, you know, yeah. let's go comfort them. 
um, and be comforted by being together. And so we really had a hard time weighing that option because you don't know. Like, you don't know how other people grieve. You don't know what other people need. And at the time, you don't really know what you need. Right. You just found out, too. Right. I mean, yeah, we had to make that decision the day I found out my dad died. Do we still get on the plane or do we not? And it was pretty overwhelming that, yeah. like Everything feel numb? By any chance, or did you feel like you had your head on? Um, head on, no. I think the whole, you know, a, a friend of mine uses the term grief brain. Um, that I like that term. Yeah. My mom has used that term because things just don't work right. You yeah. Know? Similar like brain fog kind of? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally brain fog. So, like, you can't, you, your decision making is suspect yeah. when you're in grief. And even, even uh, down the road for a considerable amount of time. Uh, you still feel like that. Mm-hmm. I probably would say I came out of that only within the last like month, yeah. maybe. So, um, you know, I was making decisions and working on things. My brain is just not at a hundred percent. It's just not working that way. Yeah. So in, 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 in that whole thing, I had to lean on other people. So, you know, I had to lean on my brother, had to lean on my wife, had to lean on, uh, my, my mom, not as much. She was really, really out of it. Yeah. Um, but trying to lean on other people to help and to figure it out. So the process of, you know, we flew out there. We got picked up at the airport by my little, uh, wasn't my little sister. I don't even remember who it was <laughs> anymore. It, it, family it, member. Yeah, it was a family member. I don't yeah. remember if it was an uncle or whoever, but we got picked up um, and went to the house. And, you know, that whole process was surreal because mm. it was literally the day before he had passed away yeah and so as we're at the house you know we're looking and trying to see um you, know, you constantly turn corners looking to see like well is he there you know mm. yeah <laughs> is, is he around this corner is yeah. he over here and there's still things like his cell phone was still charged from the day before yeah you know like Little things. That Li- you, yeah, yeah, all the little things, and there's a lot of them. Yeah. And my dad had lived in that house for close to 20 years. He had an office set up upstairs. Um, he had just a lot of little spaces that you could just that were his little spaces. You know, yeah. uh, his car is still there. Like you know, it, it was it was like he was just out right. you know, to the store or yeah. whatever. But he wasn't. He was gone. Yeah. Was and he already? gone gone from there yeah he they had they'd taken the body away in the morning um well maybe it was around noon or so a little bit before you got there yeah a little bit before i got there they'd taken the body away and my brother did something very unexpected that i didn't know i wanted or needed yeah. but my brother had shown up probably an hour and 20 minutes or so after he passed and my brother's a chaplain, like professionally that's his job mm-hmm. so he deals with with grief and loss and people dying all the time. All the time. All full-time the time. gig. Yeah, full-time gig. It's crazy. And so, but it's a little weird when it's your own dad. You know, yep. it's, it's a different thing. So yep. he came in and he did this like little mini service that I didn't know where it even came from. He had like eucalyptus oil and did like an anointing service thing, mm. which I, I've i worked in a church for, you know, decades and I never heard of this. This right. is something that I don't know where he, he got it from. Um, but it was really meaningful to my mom and to my sister. Cool. And he also decided to take pictures of my dad's body when he passed. He yeah. said, just in case you want to see them. Yeah. I knew he didn't text them or anything. He right. just showed them on his phone just to be discreet. 
and it was meaningful to me and i didn't know if it would be yeah because to be honest the pictures just look like you know dad sleeping on the couch yeah you know that's all it looked like yeah um and so you know we had uh as a family we just wanted to be together Hmm. and there's something healing i think of just being together you know just having everyone in one house under one roof your kids, uh, your my wife, kids, your brother, my wife, my brother, uh, my brother and his wife have three kids. And so there's, you know, five kids running around mm-hmm. and the five kids during that week, they, they were grieving. They were up, up sharing a room together, crying little kids, you know, Crazy. cause they're like, we, you know, they're upset. They yeah. didn't want grandpa to be dead. Yeah. And grandpa was dead and they're faced with the reality. And so they're grieving and together together there's beauty in that and i feel totally. i've talked about that on here a couple of times but the idea of like we're so used to seeing people or uh, you know, thousands of years people they lived in the house together grandma and grandpa would die in the house but they had yes. each other to get through that right you weren't alone and and to have a bunch of kids being able to do that together like they'll yeah. not only remember that forever but there's that comfort of knowing that they're not alone so yes that's awesome and being together was such a big deal. And, yeah. you know, for us in that house, there was a lot of being together. There was family that wanted to be there that day. Um, you know, uh, there were family members who kind of showed up out of nowhere. We ended up going back a couple of weeks later for the memorial service. How was that? That was, uh, that was crazy. I mean, it was good. It was crazy. It was yeah. just a different kind of a thing, you know, a lot of family a lot of weird family dynamics, sure, you know, so always. that's just the way that goes. But yeah. every, you know, typically people are, are on pretty decent behavior when they know that they're there to support, um, each other, at least hopefully. Right. So people were, people were really good, but at the same time, you know, you get lost in all of it. Like you forget, cause it's something to do, you know, mm-hmm. memorial service is something to do. It's work. Right. And when you have something to do and you have work, it helps distract you from sure. the pain. Because you spoke at it, you did a little... Yeah, so my dad was a pastor for um, his whole career. Mm-hmm. And he was the pastor of a church there and retired from it after he had his diagnosis about a year before he died. And so um, he planned his entire memorial service uh, three days before he died. Mm. He sat down with another pastor and planned it all out. He planned out what songs he wanted to be sung. He planned out who he wanted to speak, what yeah. scripture he wanted read. Uh, he even like made a list of who he didn't want to sing and <laughs> who he didn't want to speak. It's so rare to it, have that. It's super rare. And yeah. the other rare thing, and I haven't watched it yet, my brother recorded that entire conversation on video. And so he has... Um, some video files of my dad talking with the pastor who, who did the memorial service. Well, yeah. And, and I haven't, you're just waiting. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. some of it is technical cause it's like, you know, a super giant sure. file that's yeah, not yeah. easy to jump, dump on something. But some of it also is just, you know, hearing my dad's voice, yeah. spending, you know, really digging into that. Yeah. You need space and time to do totally. it. It's not like you're going to drive to work or, you know, go to the grocery store and have that on the playlist. You yeah. know? It's like you need to separate yourself and just spend time on that. Yeah. And I haven't, I just decided, you know, when I'm ready, I'll know I'm ready and I'll listen to it and I'll watch it. Um, I, I had a few voicemails of my 
my dad, and it took me about eight or so months till I listened to them. And yeah. I know, you know, I know someone that lost their mom and um she years ago four years ago i think now and she still doesn't listen to the voicemails like everyone's different and, yeah, you know it's yeah. but i just it was we i told myself i would never listen to them but then i ended up doing it, it and so right. it, it hopefully for someone that is listening that has that something whether yeah. it's the photos or the voice or uh you don't have to and if you want to you can it'll always be there exactly exactly you don't have to, and if you want to, you can. And, yeah. you know, I would just say the only advice I guess I'd give anyone is if you have something saved, you know, hold on to it. You yeah. don't have to make a decision then or there. Right. right. And that goes with stuff, too. Sure. You know, like, like clothing and. Exactly. Clothing. Uh, you know, my mom still has a house that's filled with my dad's stuff. Yeah. And I have been looking at, you know, making a time when I can go out there and just spend like a week. And figuring out, it. you know, what is there anything I want out of this? Yeah. Is there anything that's meaningful and what's not? Mm. Things that are meaningful are always weird. You yeah. know, like there's in my dad's um, basement, he has a hammer. It's like an old basic hammer. It's sure. the kind of thing you might buy at a garage sale for 50 cents. Yeah. You know, it wouldn't be worth more than that. You know, yeah. maybe a buck or something. Like it's, it's not valuable. Right. But. To me, I have memories of my dad having that as far back as I can remember. Yeah. And when I and when he had that hammer, it was usually in his hand and he was usually doing some work and yeah. I was with him. And yeah. so like all of that stuff coming together is is a big deal. So, yeah. Yeah. So his memorial service was um at the church that he had helped build, like the the new building. Hmm. And so when he first came to that that congregation, the building wasn't there. And his memorial service was in it, and I've never seen more people in that room. The whole place was completely packed, and then there's, like, the back area um, of the church, like, the entryway, completely packed. And it was snowing outside, and there were people who were kind of almost, like, outside. Yeah. There there wasn't parking. Like, it was, like, a big deal just to get everyone in the room. So crazy. Which is crazy. So we did that, and that was was meaningful. I had a job to speak. I was Mm. the only family member who did any kind of a eulogy. It was just a five-minute thing. Sure. Seven-minute deal. And then um, I remember, you know, in my mind the whole time I'm thinking, like, I just don't want to, like, totally lose it and not say what I want to say. Right. My whole goal, yeah, my goal, and, you know, no one would fault you for breaking down. It's like your dad died, but my whole goal was to say the things that I I had to say to the people there, Hmm. Um, and then, you know, just to to make that happen and celebrate my dad's life and all the good stuff, and, you know, we did, and that was good. I had to, I helped put a slideshow together before, which... Man, if you yeah, if you're gonna do a memorial service for someone, get someone to do the slideshow yeah, for you. For you. Yeah, just you know, and and gotta give my sister in law actually did the majority of the hard work. She got mm. all the pictures and put yeah. them all together. I just had to dump them into a file or whatever and make yeah. it work. But um, you know, those people who come in and just wanna help. Let them. Let them. And if you want to help someone too, that's the other part. Like yeah. you kind of have to insert yourself until someone tells you to stop because yeah. people who are grieving, like I didn't know how to ask for help. Right. And I, I should know. Like I've read books on this stuff right. and I should know how to do it. I yeah. didn't, I couldn't ask. But when help. you're in it, you're, there's yeah. nothing. And yeah, I, I remember just like 
being so thankful for you and people that reached out to me that was just all the time it's like what do you need what you know what i mean and yeah yeah uh and you just keep asking and then one day you're like oh i actually do need or like i yeah. would like to talk about this yeah. but just keep asking keep bugging because no one's actually like bug like please stop asking how i'm doing yeah. or please it's because you know keep doing it <laughs> I talked to my mom the other day, and it's amazing how the small things matter. One thing my dad always did was he made sure they had firewood because they had a wood-burning fireplace. It's cold where they live, and you know they keep the house with like a, a normal heater at the same level. Mm-hmm. But if it is really cold outside, it's nice to have a fire in the fireplace. It kind of adds extra heat. Yeah. And so um, my dad always had firewood outside, but once he's gone, the firewood stops right. showing up. So this guy, Jim, who is um, friends of the family, he showed up, my mom told me the other day, for the fourth time to keep reloading firewood for Crazy. Yeah. Didn't, did, no one asked, asked him to. Him, yeah. he, he just came up and did it. He knew. Yeah, he knew. Like, this is what she needs now, and yeah. this is what I can do, so I'm going to do it. So that, that, you know, that makes me feel better, yeah. right? That helps me in my grieving, yeah. watching someone help my mother. Yeah. Which that is, no one asked him to do. He's just exactly. doing it. No one asked. Yeah. 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 When you told your, I mean, your family knew. So when you told your friends, how did they react? You know, friends, like everyone reacts a little differently. Mm-hmm. Some people uh, really didn't know what to do. Uh, there were some people close to me who really, really had no idea how to help. Mm-hmm and called in other people to try to figure out how to help mm. which is kind of a weird thing to do but yeah. like you know they they went around and said hey i want to help you and or i want to help jamie and his grieving i don't know how to what should i do help me mm-hmm. help me help this person sure. um and and so there's some of that other people um you know, people helped in a lot of different ways. Yeah. You know, I had people who helped with uh, paying for airfare for all the unexpected travel, um, which was a big deal. Mm-hmm. You know, I ended up flying out like four or five times in the course of like a month, and um, one time with the whole family, and it just it became like a, a, a financial burden just yeah. to deal with some of this it's stuff. A lot. And then uh, a lot of, you know, there were people who helped out, a couple of people who helped out with that. There were people who, um, and I would tell people straight up, you know, I'm a person of faith. And, and for some folks, saying you'll pray for them is almost like insulting. <laughs> some people, like it is, yeah. right? Like, I'll pray for you. Like, that that's it. Like, yeah. you know, like, bake me like a, you know, some dinner or something. Sure. But don't like just throw out a random idea. But but for me, yeah. if someone says, I'm going to pray for you, and they actually are, like they're really going to do it, and it's right. a real thing, um, to me, that was kind of the most helpful. The way I would describe it is I felt propped up um, mm. in the grieving process. I felt propped up knowing that there were people who had my back, mm-hmm. kind of like the community piece you were talking about. Yeah. Having community around was huge. Yeah. Um, as always, people who've been through similar experiences, mm-hmm. really helpful. Yeah. Um, before my dad passed away, I was at a big convention. There's like 3,000 people there. And there's a woman that I saw, and I knew her father was also a pastor and also or had just passed away from the same disease. Crazy. 
And I saw her and I went up to her and we just barely know each other. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm so sorry about your dad. And she said, oh yeah, it's been really, it's been really hard. Yeah. And, um, and I said, yeah, my dad has the same thing. And, you know, he probably doesn't have a whole lot of time left. Mm-hmm. And her immediate reaction was, you can call me whenever you want. We can, you know, but just to know that there's other people who've gone Do down the, the same road. Thing, yeah. 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 And you, and you going through, you know, your whole journey and experience, from the year before you know it's mm-hmm. like knowing that there's people around who've been through the same thing is, has made a big difference yeah um and who are willing to acknowledge it and say this happened yeah i i one thing since doing all this grief stuff i've noticed is that there's a lot of parents that have died right like it's which is normal but it rocks people's worlds yeah like yeah i feel like it's not almost given enough credit like even like people that are much older than us that are yes. in their 60s, 70s, that their parents are still alive and they just died. Like it still rocks the world. And like, there's something to that. And I kind of, I just want to keep tackling into that because like yeah. our parents, whether we're close or not, like th- it's just, it's like in our blood, right? That they, yeah. they were there. And I've yet to talk to someone that lost a parent. That's like, you know what? I'm fine. It's all good. Like, no, it like really shapes you regardless of how old yeah. you are, whether yeah. you're a little kid or whether you're 70 years old. It, re- it really does. And you know what's interesting about my dad is his dad, my grandfather, I never met him. He died in the 60s when my dad was only, I think, 14 years old. Hmm. And that was the defining, probably the defining thing of my dad's life. Changed everything. Was that his dad passed away. Yeah. And the way he experienced that is a priest came into his house and said, son, your dad's dead. Um, I have to go. Like be with your, you know, be with your mother or whatever, and yeah. and so I'm sorry. And then he left, like toughen up. Yeah, kind of yeah. like yeah. Sorry, this, I have to tell you the truth, and telling right. you the truth is gonna be the most important thing. But I can't stick around for the mess, right? And so my father's faith and life was shaped by that event, probably mm. more than any other event. Yeah. Um, very foundational for him. Yeah. So one thing that I did do, and I'm so glad I did, is before my dad passed away, we spent probably a couple hours of him telling stories of his dad that he remembered, and I recorded them. And so about a month ago, I finally mustered up the courage to listen to those recordings. How was that? It It was good. You know, what was weird about it is I listened to them and it was almost like I was listening to them for the first time. Hmm. And I was there the whole time yeah. they were being recorded. I had heard the stories before, yeah. but when I listened to them this time, it was like they're brand new. Something so, different, yeah. yeah. So, man, I treasure them. You know, I'm like so glad that I have those. Yeah. Um, Keep them forever. Yeah. Yeah, if I, the first thing I did, as soon as I started to listen to one, I'm like, oh, make copies of all this yeah. real quick. Yeah, you have Just to. in case, you know, all the yeah. technology crashes. What are your thoughts on death? What happens after we die? Yeah, yeah. So the first thought about what happens after we die for me is um, a real important thing is that we don't know, mm-hmm. right? So it's like a one-way thing. It's not like you jump out and poke your head in and say, oh, this place is nice or this place isn't nice. Let's come back here to earth, um, back to our normal lives. So there is an element of mystery to it that is inescapable. Mm. And I have a real hard time when people say, oh, yeah, here's exactly what happens. You know, you enter into this room, you see this light, and then 
this thing happens and that thing happens and this is how it is, right? But I also have a a really strong faith background. And in that, there is some, um, there's some kind of marking points along Mm. the way. And so some of those marking points are, really it's this idea of community um, and this idea of the word communion comes to mind. In fact, my dad said at his memorial service, the one thing he wanted people to know is that he was excited about having what he would call full communion with God, Hmm. meaning that him, God, and people and relationships will be healed and restored post this life. Sure. And to him, that was the most kind of exciting thing of the whole deal, right? Um, You know, and there's all sorts of different, like, Bible passages about it and things that kind of give us uh, a bunch of pieces with it. But I think the bottom line, and I think what I I would want anyone to, you know, hear from, at least from my dad and his memorial service, is this idea of having full communion, fellowship, connection with God— uh, is kind of like the ultimate thing, you know? Sure. And then after you pass away, that that is a possibility. Um, and for him, it was not just a possibility. It was his expectation, mm-hmm. probability, his joy. It was what he was looking forward to most. Um, and he had a full, solid year of planning for this. Yeah. And not everyone gets that, you know? Mm-hmm. In fact, most people, by the time they get to the point where it's like a year out, they're not necessarily capable. Their brains. Yeah, yeah, right. They're not necessarily capable of even dealing with it. Yeah. My dad was fairly capable all the way up until like the last 48 hours, mm. really. So he, you know, I went on his computer and I looked through his search history. Mm-hmm. That was like one of the first things I did because I had to get on his computer to find some other info for my mom. And, yeah. and I wanted to see like, you know, what does someone like look up in the last day of their life? Mm-hmm. You know, what was the last like search history that he had? And there were two things. The first one was what was the life expectancy in India in like 1940 something or whatever it was? And, I, and I'm like, that seems really random. Yeah. Uh, my dad was born in India, his parents were missionaries. And so the town that they had done mission work in, had a lot of medical uh, missionary people who were doing heart surgeries and doing all this incredible mm. stuff. And the um, the mortality rate in that town when they started was like, I think the average uh, was like, it was low. It was like 30 or something. Mm. So you weren't expected to live long in this town. Right. Tons of babies didn't make it you know, past birth or even a year. Folks would get sick all the time. It just was not a great a great place to live, but it like doubled in the time that my grandfather and the doctors who were connected to him and to that mission, um, had left. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. And so he was looking that up because he wanted to get some information on some of the stuff that had happened in India. Mm-hmm. The second thing he looked up is how to take care of your spouse after they die well, or after you die. Kind yeah. of a thing, right. It's like, how yeah. do you leave them behind with, you know, he was wanting to make sure that he had done everything he could to make sure that my mom was set up as best she could be set up, mm-hmm. you know, with limited resources and, you know, limited uh, abilities. But yeah. he was trying to he was trying to do that to the very end. And, you know, that's a gift. I mean, I don't know if there's a good way to go. How um, selfless can you be? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. And, 
there's a lot of things that I'm happy about, you know, with, you know, one thing is like, if he had died, um, today, mm-hmm. right. If I had gotten a few more months with him, went out there a couple more times and he had died today, he would have, he most likely would have died alone in some hospital. Yeah. Um, just because, you know, with all the restrictions of who can go in hospitals right now. Right. Uh, so some of it is like the timing of it actually was, it's never good, but it was better yeah. than had it been now or had it been a yeah. lot earlier. Do you have, I mean, you kind of just said it, but yeah. I, I have this thought of, you know, with what is going on with the virus and everything all around. It's like my dad being gone. It's like yeah. one less person I have to worry about. One less person to check in on. Yeah. Do you yeah. have that at all? Do you feel um, that? Sort of, you know, it's funny. I think. You know how is I would say how has my theology changed since my dad's died? That's mm. a that's a big question for yeah. me, right? So, um, I've studied theology, I've been very active in it a long time. But when things become personal and really hit you at the core of who you are, it starts to stretch some of those you know some of those ideas you have in your head. Right. And so one of them is this concept, and I think my grandmother was even talking about it at one point, saying like you know. Can you talk to people who've passed away? And can they actually hear you, right? And that's yeah. a big question. And so there's there's folks out there. My mom's therapist, she even had, was like, oh, don't worry about when, you know, your mom passes away because you'll be able to talk to her through, like, a, a spiritual medium and sure. stuff, which is, like, not what my mom's into at all, right. you know? <laughs> but at the same time, like, I know that that's – something, you know, spiritualism in, in this country, even the last 150 years and longer has been like a big deal. Yeah. And even people who don't have like necessarily a, a theology uh, understanding of it, you want to talk to the people, yeah. right? And so I found myself at times talking to my dad, yeah. just, just saying, dad, I miss you. Hmm. Dad, I, I wish I could talk to you right now and I can't. Yeah. Um, dad, I, I hope, everything's, you know, everything's good. I hope you're all right. And I think for me, those are those moments that sting. Mm. They're a little comforting, but they sting at times. So I'll like, if I get an extra five minutes in my day, my old habit was get out my phone and call the people I really want to talk to right now. Mm. So I'll get out my phone. I might call my brother. I might call my mom, but usually it was my dad as the person that I'd try to talk to first. Yeah. And so there's been times in my day where that's where that's my go-to. I'm like, oh, yeah, call my – oh, yeah, I can't call. He's not here. Mm. And that's continued to go on. And at this point now, I'm, like, grateful for it. Mm. It's it's not, like, a a pain. Like, it hurts, but I'm grateful for it because I don't want to forget. Yeah. You know? If you see a photo on accident or on purpose, like, do you still get emotional? Do you cry? Are you – I get emotional. I haven't really – done a lot of uh like crying or that like deep sobbing yeah um emotion yeah um i think for me just this is just kind of more of a guess than than really knowing for sure is if i was in his house with his stuff in his space Mm -hmm. um definitely i think there'd be more tears i'm you know a few thousand miles away yeah um because of that, it makes it a little bit more challenging. I do have like some of his stuff. Like uh, one example, or one thing that happened the other day is I was at my workbench in my garage, 
and I had a, a tool that's on there and it's like a digital multi-tester thing that is still wrapped in the plastic. I haven't taken it out yet. Mm. And my wife looked at that and she's like, what, what are you doing with that thing? What is that thing even? And I said, I said, oh, I said, that's the last gift my dad ever bought me because it was like a Christmas gift. Yeah. And I remember the phone call. He called me, said, hey, do you have one of these? And I said, no, I don't. Yeah. He's like, okay. I'm like, well, why? Do you have an extra one? He's like, no, don't worry about it. And he he bought it, Buying and one. he actually spent like more money than he should have on sure. it, you know, kind of a thing. Yeah. And and so I have it; it's still wrapped up. I haven't used it because I'm like, well, I don't want to use it for just anything, you right? Know? Something special. But my wife just broke down. She's like, you made me cry. Like, <laughs> what are you What are you doing, yeah. making me cry? <laughs> Tell me it's the last thing. Um, but yeah, you know, I just. There's a sense of joy when I think about my dad that is still there um, that kind of precedes the pain, if mm. that makes sense. Sure. It kind of goes before it. Yeah. You know, there's, if, a, there's a lot of things like, oh, if only my dad had a chance to do, you know, X, Y, and Z. If only he, you know, could have... Um, been at his church another year and you know seen some projects through or if only he was able to um you know get uh, in my head I had all these ideas of Mm. things that would have been great you know I wanted to do a trip where we went back to the mission field where he was born just to see and I talked to my brother about it and I even found um you know someone even said they would pay for it like how often does that happen right someone's like hey I'll pay for you to do this trip and my dad just said, no, nah, I don't really want to go. <laughs> like, he was like, no, I, I mean, he, he didn't it, have any yeah. interest. And at that point, I'm like, oh, well, then, no. Like, yeah. I have no interest in it if it's not something he wants to do. But, yeah. you know, there's all those, like, I don't know if regret maybe is the right word. Like, if only this had happened right, or that right. thing or whatever it is. You know, there's a bunch of those things. So occasionally that stuff will kind of sneak in, and that'll just make me feel sad for the situation. Yeah. But not really sad for him, you know? Yeah. I think now things have shifted completely, not completely, but really heavily towards my mom. Um, For her, she lost a spouse. She lost a best friend. Mm -hmm. She lost, and I didn't realize this till later, um, my dad was her like spiritual partner. So in their spiritual journey together, they'd been together longer than than anyone for each other. And if my mom was dealing with something, whether it's a spiritual issue, emotional issue, whatever, he was the first person who'd know about it. The two of them would pray for each other. They would help each other out. And she lost that. So, man, you know, and there's an identity to being a pastor's wife, too. Yeah. She's not a pastor. She's the pastor's wife. Sure. He retires. He passes away. She's just a widow now, right? right. Crazy. Yeah. So her transition has been, um, that's been hard for her, mm. really hard for her. So that, for me, that's like a kind of weighs heavy. Yeah. Yeah. And you feel like either you need to just be there on every level for her at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Like, do you do you take on um, that weight of the spiritual? Some of it. I well, I try to take on. So, like for instance, I'm the one who calls her. The I call her as much as I can. I call her way more than she calls me. Sure. You know, call, check in. How you yeah. doing today? You know, today good day, a bad day, whatever. Um, and then, you know, try to convince her before all of this uh, coronavirus stuff, I've been trying to convince her to come out and yeah. see us. And just even to do that on a quick trip, if it's a weekend, do a weekend. You yeah. know, you don't have to come out and camp out for a month. Just do a quick trip. Um, you know, just trying to find ways that are helpful and 
just to to be helpful for her but some of that too is she's got to learn how to do that stuff on her own too. You know? So like the absence of my father in her life means she has to learn some new things. Adapt and change. Yeah. And when you're 68 years old and 48 of them, you've been with this person. Yeah. Right. Right. So like she hasn't had to do the finances for the family ever. Yeah. And now she has to do all of them. Mm. Uh, She hasn't had to, uh, do the bill paying forever. Now she has to do all of it. She hasn't had to, you know, all that stuff just weighs pretty heavy on her. And, and just so. try to figure it out and be on their own. That's yeah, my, right. my grandma, like my grandpa's in hospice right now. And I know mm. my grandma is trying to figure out the exact same things, the yeah. exact bills and, and just how to, like how to keep things going and moving along. And yeah, I couldn't even imagine. My, my dad did a, a really great thing for my mom. He got some pieces of paper out and he wrote down like every bank account, every, um, you know, even down to his Spotify account. Yeah. My dad loved music. <laughs> I love it. And he loved weird music. Like if anyone wants to listen to some Lyle Lovett, like no one ever has said, yeah, I really could go for some Lyle Lovett right now. <laughs> my dad loved listening to Lyle Lovett. I don't mm. know why it was his thing. Um, but he uh, he had a Spotify account that was very active. He listened mm. to a ton of music. Like he and my dad was cheap, so for him to pay for Spotify Premium was, was like a really big deal. <laughs> yeah. So uh, he um, he had this Spotify account. He loved it, but um, he even wrote down all that info and he put it all in one sheet so that my mom was able to, with you know, one piece of paper in her hand, she could access. All the Everything. accounts, all the, there's nothing hidden. Right. And our family didn't have secrets, really. You yeah. know, it was like everything was known, everything was out in the open. And yeah. man, that made stuff so much easier. Oh, I'm sure. It wasn't like we were discovering a bunch of crazy stuff as we were, you know, digging through things in the right. house. Everything was out in the open. So yeah. that, that was good. I mean, that was just helpful. It was taking some of the weight off. If someone is listening and they just lost someone, mm. What would you tell them? Hmm. Or if they just lost their dad, like make it more. Yeah. If someone just lost their dad. Yeah. You know, I think it really comes down to that. There's like nothing you can tell them. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. There's, there's nothing you can say that is going to take, that's going to make things okay. That's going to make it right. Um, at first I've always been appreciative of people who just told the truth. Right. So Mm -hmm. like, even in the shock of someone, um, you know, I'm appreciative of the first thing my mom said, your dad, your dad's dead, you know, like the truth, like that reality, I'm appreciative for it. I I hated it, but I'm appreciative for it. And I think kind of the second thing is, it's okay to feel what you're feeling right now. Like mm-hmm. that's what you need to do. Right. And and not to beat yourself up over it, not to try hard to be one way or the other and not to measure your grief against other people's grief and other the way other people are dealing with it. Yeah. You got to you got to do it the way you have to do it. Um, you know, it might sound a little cliché but at the same time, you know, I sitting with my my two siblings watching how they're grieving. Uh, none of us were grieving the same way, right? like kind of not even close. And so 
for us to be able to be okay with that, you know, it's fine. So I guess that'd be one thing. The other thing you said too, is just let, if you can handle people being around who you love the most, man, that don't, don't run away from that. I mean, if you need your space, definitely take it, but, um, it's okay to be around people. Mm. It's okay to, uh, make some decisions, um, that will, will help you be around people. So if it's like, should I travel to go see the person who I lost or to be around the family? Yeah. If you feel like you need to do it, you know, if you got to put it on the credit card to make it happen, um, cause you don't think it's financially responsible, (laughs) uh, probably this is at a time where that's okay, you know, right? Yeah. Or, you know, if you have to have a hard conversation with a boss at work that you're not going to be around because you're grieving, like, people are very understanding, right? Um, I have a lot of advice for people. Sorry, I love it. No, keep it going. Take all the help you can get Mm -hmm. and don't feel weird about it, Yeah. right? So if someone's like, hey, I'll make dinner for you, say, okay, great. I really love, you know, uh, gluten-free barbecue chicken pizza, yeah yeah good yeah like it, whatever it is like yeah. be you can you know be a, a prima donna if you have to about <laughs> it and let people say no yeah. <laughs> right yeah throw it on them and let them say no um that's, that's a good one. you know and and people are going to ask they're going to ask you all the time what can i do how can i help yeah and maybe it's not you that knows how they can help maybe you have someone who's close to you maybe mm. it's a you know a girlfriend a boyfriend a spouse a sibling a parent a whoever's close to you who can right. help out um if if you have a list of even like ways they can help out and just take advantage of it yeah um and i say that for two reasons one is it's good for you to get the help because mm. that like where my parents live there's snow everywhere so someone who comes out and shovels their driveway and you know and does that one time that helps me knowing yeah. that people are caring that's caring about me that's caring about my family yeah. but it also helps them because in helping out other people they feel more human yeah. they feel more alive they feel more connected to you when you put up a barrier and say don't help i'm going to do this myself um you know, or you're just like, you kind of are a little too prideful about receiving help. Sure. You don't get anything out of that and they don't get anything out of right. that. So it's a, lose, you know, lose. it's a total lose, lose. But again, you know, maybe if that's your way of grieving and you just have to kind of put yourself in a, a little bit of a cave for a season yeah. and that's how you got to do it. Well, I can't argue with that, you know, yeah. you got to do it your way. Thank you so much for doing this. Of course, man. This was this is good for me to do. I appreciate yeah. it. And thank you for sharing. And Of course. Um, the only goal we have here is to have one person listening that can just walk away and feel like they're not alone. So I feel like you shared your story, and I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. And thank you for helping me. with. But you were there the day my dad died all the way up yeah. till now. So yeah. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Love you. Bye. Don't give me coronavirus. Hey, hey, hey. (laughs) So for those that are listening, and this is the first one or second one, but you have no idea who I've been talking to at the end of these, this is my wife, Amber. Aloha. And for like a minute or two, we just kind of talk about um, the podcast and then about me and how I'm doing. Um, So what do you think? It was crazy because 
I think you've said this like about Jamie, but he is like your go-to person. Right. And like knowing him, he's a very like stable and stoic person. So just like hearing his experience and like the vulnerability and just like the the fact that it's like when he heard the news or like he just knew like what was happening that he like just cried yeah and just like picturing that and knowing him and like it's just wild because death really affects everyone and even like the most stable like rock solid people it's like they're human too and death is like a domino effect and it's gonna rock them so i don't know it was just wild to hear his story and his experience and just like just wild so many emotions that you feel in that like first second of knowing and so it's also ironic that like you went through this months prior to him experiencing it Mm. and it's just like this full circle like thing which is wild because like he has been your like solid person so now like for him to be experiencing it it's like just like crazy yeah yeah how was it like talking to him because he was there right for mine yeah um it was good of course i think you know it's it's hard when you see your people have to like go through stuff right and i get that but a lot of the people that i've talked to or all of them except for him i didn't walk through that with them i didn't see it this all happened previously before i knew most of these people does that make sense? No, you lost me. Great. So, um, for instance, like with Alexa's and Jackie's and other ones that are coming up, like yeah. I didn't, I wasn't there. I didn't see the before, during, and after. Mm-hmm. And with Jamie, I saw the before, the during, and the after. And Yeah. Is it ever hard for you? Like, do you associate that day with Jamie now? No. 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 It was two different things, totally. Okay. I do realize I have more empathy. If How so? I I mean, before, like, if someone said someone died, it's, like, obviously that's sad, but I couldn't relate. Right. I didn't, I couldn't put myself in that level. But, like, if someone tells me that their dad just died or someone close to them just died, it's, like, my heart breaks. Because I, I know what that's like, not only to, like, lose someone so close to you but then like all of a sudden everything around you just goes numb like that feeling do you mean like not even just that someone died but like that feeling that someone's gonna have to go through yeah like pit in your stomach yeah sadness yeah one thing i do relate with him and other people is that we do have that memory of like when it happened, like he'll remember that forever, like the moment it happened. And, and I feel like that's something, that's another thing that people don't talk about, but is that we're not, I'm not, I did not feel that feeling alone. Jamie's not feeling that feeling alone. So, and so, and so, and so are not feeling that feeling alone. Um, like we, we've all been there and I think there's just another deep level of support that people listening that, if you know that that feeling of remembering what happened and how sad it was and how awful it was is like but you were never alone in that right because other people 
have experienced that too. And I feel like there's some sort of comfort to that. Is that like a perspective shift thing, like looking back? Or do you feel that way like when you're going through it? Does that make sense? For sure not when you're going through it. Okay, I mean, it, everything is fogged over. But yeah. looking back, it's yeah. at least, okay, how about this? At least for me, there's comfort in knowing that other people have felt that too and it's not just me. Right. I felt so alone at the time, even though people were around me, but I did not expect to at least have some sort of like this acceptance, you know? Yeah. Of it, if that makes sense. Yeah. So how are you doing this week? I am... Okay, I did not visit him this week. Um, and I definitely got sad though at some point. I can't remember why or what happened, but sometimes it just kind of hits me like that it happened, if that makes sense. Like I know it happened and I can see it a million times. Like I could see photos and, you know, hear the intro to this and stuff. Like I know it happened, but sometimes it's just like, holy crap. Yeah. Like it really happened. And his birthday's coming up. It's like a feeling thing. Yeah. Because that's kind of like what Jamie said. Like he just wants to pick up the phone and call his dad. But right. then he's like, oh, wait. I can't. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's it's like a feeling thing. Yeah. And it's just like this, uh, uh, you know? Yeah. Um, But with his birthday and the day he died and Father's Day, like all this is coming up. Yeah. All the like days yeah. that will remind you no of the sadness. No thanks. Yeah. So we'll see. But. Today I'm okay. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Love you, wife. Love you. Bye.